This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Before I turn to the New York Yankees, uh, Rec Time on X says, Larry, the Rangers are playing so well. Top three lines are being kept together and finding continuity. I used to hate to see the lines get mixed so much with the previous coaches. Igor was awesome. Kaka was finding his game. Vets are strong. Defense is solid. You know, as one of the callers said, they just got to stay out of the penalty box to help, uh, you know, cut down on those 41 saves that Shesterkin had to make tonight. You know, so that's that's another situation. But I think they'll be okay. So, listen, what can, you can't argue with them now. They're on this nine-game winning streak. They're playing well. You'll take that. You'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. That's what you do. So this Yankee team, I'm finding it fascinating. Um, I'm finding it fascinating, and there's so many storylines here with this Yankee team, right? It's will all the what can we expect offensively from this team? I mean, on paper, and there's a lot of ifs, so let me preface it, Yankee fans, and I want to hear from you, 1-800-919-3776. Let me preface this by saying there's a lot of, if, a lot of ifs on here offensively and starting pitching-wise. As Gordon always says, and I agree with him, they'll, the bullpen is always, they'll find somebody in the bullpen. They always do. They do a really good job building the bullpen. There's, there's some kid throwing, you know, down in, in, in under Steinbrenner Field somewhere that, that we're not even thinking about that's going to be, you know, a, a, an impact on this Yankee, out of this Yankee bullpen during the season. It happens. It always does. So I'm not, that doesn't bother me. I know they'll be fine there. Started, we'll get to the starting pitching in a second. But for me, the biggest thing that obviously was the, was what was missing for them clearly was offense. Now, we know the pitching was, the starting pitching was not great, but they had a lot of injuries last year. Okay, so we get that. But for me, the offense is what I'm looking at and the addition of Juan Soto is a major factor here. They were able to have enough minor league talent to bring Soto to the Bronx. Albeit maybe for one season, you don't know. But at least they've got a shot. But there's some interesting things that Aaron, Aaron Judge has been talking about during spring training right now and also since last offseason. Now, we know that he's got a home in Tampa, so he's not far from Steinbrenner Field. So he's able to come. He's been over there. He's been talking to people. And so he's talked about analytics. He's talked about batting order. He's talked about a number of things. And I'm very curious to see how Aaron Boone makes the adjustment. Will he make the adjustment in the lineup? We all have talked about why does Aaron Judge hit second? And we know that, in theory, the reason why he hits second is because he's your best hitter and you want your best hitter in the lineup to come up to bat as much as possible. So the higher up you move him in the batting order, the more times he has a chance, in theory, to come up to the plate and therefore do what he needs to do, which is get you some runs. But in the... but. Baseball purists would say to you that a guy with his home run power 
and a guy with his ability to drive in runs and a guy who sees, who understands what the strike zone in is and does a great job in doing that, that's the ultimate cleanup hitter. I mean, you know, you, you Showalter put Alonzo in the cleanup hole. He either hit him three or four. Because that's, in theory, where you would normally put your best hitter, your power hitter. That's the way it used to be. But yes, there are more with analytics. You get it. You understand that, you know, the more he's up, the more times you want him up, the more further up you move him in the batting order, the more opportunity he has. Now the question becomes, how many people are on base when he comes up and you need people to do their job and get on base so that there's runners on base when he hits the home runs. That's what you would love to have. That's, that would be perfect in theory. So I'm just curious as to how this is going to change. What will the Yankees do? How will they make that adjustment? How will Aaron Boone, will he move him up and down in the lineup? Will he put him behind Juan Soto? Will he put Soto behind him? Um, will he move him down in the lineup? What will he do? And what role will analytics have in that? And does it depend on who's pitching? So there's a lot of variables here with this Yankee team as far as what their offense is going to be. Clearly, they need Anthony Rizzo to be Anthony Rizzo and come back and be able to perform not only offensively, but defensively. And, you know, he's clearly, he's an outstanding defensive first baseman. You know that. He's a year older. Okay, you know he had the concussion situation and then he, you know, they didn't move him and then they didn't know what was going on and he was out of the lineup and then they played him. It was just, it was just crazy. All right, it was just crazy. But uh, you need him to be back. You need uh, LeMahieu to give you close to what LeMahieu gave you before. I get that DJ is not, you know, he's older. The, the, the swing look might be a little slower but I think he's a, he's a contact guy. He'll make the adjustment. Okay? So offensively, and, you know, Volpe, what is he going to be this year? Is he Does he build on what he did last year? I mean, I thought defensively he was fabulous. Uh, offensively, you know, the average, you know, you wanted the average to be a little higher. But once again, in a lineup that has all the power in theory, you didn't, you weren't expecting him to be, a 300 hitter. Okay. He was a guy that, okay, we're learning. We're bringing him in. He's going to be our shortstop. Let's see if he can handle it. All right. Uh, his percent was his on base percentage. Is like what? 280. That's not good. Okay. You need him to be able to get on base. Now, when he did get on base, he showed you some speed. He was able to steal some bases. And the way the Yankee offense was struggling last year, that was a big thing. They needed to try to do some different things that analytically, you frown on. Oh, you're not trying to steal a base. I mean, you know, what, but his, Aaron Boone was trying to build some runs so he could get some wins. So he had to do that. So he used the speed. So, uh, you know, this is a fascinating year for me to see what they're going to do offensively. And obviously the biggest key, clearly, is Giancarlo Stanton. All right. Will this new look Stanton, who is not as muscled, who's thinner, will he be able to a, stay in the lineup more, and B, be more of an effective hitter. I don't know that he's going to, I don't think he will, Yankee fans, forgive me. I don't know that he will ever be the 52, what, 140, whatever the RBI were that year when he was the 
National League MVP with the Marlins. I don't know if you'll ever see that Stanton again. Okay, I don't know. But you'll be very happy to see a 38 home run, 120 RBI Stanton this year. You would be ecstatic to see that. You'd be ecstatic for him to have that power in the middle of that lineup. And if he could be healthy to play some outfield because he's one of those guys, and it's been you've noticed it, he's one of those guys that seems to, for the most part, hit better when he's in the outfield. Everybody is not. You know what what uh, what some DHs can do, like Big Poppy, David Ortiz, that's not easy to do. Just say, okay, I know I'm not playing in the field. I'm a DH. That's, that's what it is. A lot of players that I've spoken to over the years have said, I want to be in the field. Like, I don't feel like a full baseball player when I'm just, you know, doing this DH thing. I don't feel like that. I feel awkward. I don't feel like I'm a complete player. Now, look, I do whatever I can to help the team. But I want to be in the field. I want to be out there. It's, it's a different mindset of preparation when you're sitting on the bench waiting for your turn to come up. And guys handle it different ways in trying to make sure that they stay involved, stay involved, stay involved in the game, and know what's going on. You know, some guys, you know, go under the go in the batting cage uh, underneath the stadium and, and continue to hit. Some guys look at video in between the bats. You know, the, other guys, guys do different things in trying to get ready to see how they can make the adjustment for the next time at bat as a DH. When you're in the out, when you're in the field, you're already in the game, right? You, you see how the other pitchers are going. You see, it's a different perspective. And it just looks like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I just think that Stanton seems to do better when he plays in the field. Now, I don't know that defensively you want him in the field, <laughs> but he just seems like he's a better person, a better hitter when he's performing in the field. He just seems to be more locked in. He just seems to be a better hitter. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, he looks great. He looks great. The guy's always been in shape. You know, I don't, people want to talk about weight or overweight, this and that. Like, he, this guy's always in shape. You guys see him every single day. The guy, he prepares, he's working out every single day. And for him to come in the way he did and make some of the changes that he's made, that's just a tip of the cap to him. Like, that guy's a true professional. He didn't like how things have gone the past couple seasons. He wanted to make a change, and he did. You know, so I'm excited to see what happens. And, you know, I know he's going to have another monster year. That's Aaron Judge on Giancarlo Stanton, the new physique, and what he's going to do with his swing. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Harvey, uh, Joe told me last night how he was surprised when he saw Giancarlo Stanton. And before you give me your thoughts, Harvey, let me just say, Aaron Judge, nobody said he was overweight. That's not the issue. He, no, he's always in shape. He's, he's not overweight. Too muscu- muscular, which made him kind of stiff. And, I mean, that whole that, that base running trying to score where he got to home play and just collapsed last season was not what you want. But, um, Harvey, give me your thoughts on the new look Giancarlo Stanton as a Yankee fan. I was almost nervous. I thought I was about to call paramedics over there for Florida. He looks almost too, too skinny in a way. It's almost gone extremely in the opposite direction. I was kind of hoping he'd eat a little bit more. 
Now, I'm hoping he, play, he can play like 120 games this season. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the number now for him. Mm-hmm. But whatever works. I mean, I'm glad he's at least trying this as, as a way to, to stay on the field longer. Yep. Well, Joe, for me, and you remember I said this last night, I, I applaud him. He was not happy with the way he performed the past couple of seasons, especially last season. I think it really hurt him. Uh, he knew that he could be much better than that. And listen, at his age, 33, 34, he went out to make the adjustment. And that's not easy, trying to lose all that weight when no. you're in your mid-30s and trying to stay in shape still and stay on the field. But credit to him, he's been a model, he's been a model professional in this city. Yep. With everything that's happened to him. No doubt about that. And and Joe for me, I mean, he's been he's been heckled kind of from the time he got here. <laughs> well, yeah, I you have to be, right? In terms of Yankee fans when they're expecting MVPs out of you and you can barely get on the field for a hundred games. So I agree with Harvey, he's done everything the right way. And maybe a little bit of levity here. Is he in the best shape of his life? Because that's all we hear this time of year is such and such players in the best shape of his life. And it's almost something that you have to believe it when you see it because you could see all these pictures and go, wow, Stanton looks really, really skinny. Is he going to have the same power as he did when he looked like he was chiseled out of stone in a Greek god? So... I'm very interested to see what he looks like, not only in the field, but at the plate and just playing a baseball game at this weight because it's kind of like a boxer mm-hmm. getting into different shape, shuffling between a weight class. Can he actually perform at the weight that he's coming into camp at? It is going to be interesting, guys, to see. And I'm the thing that I'm curious about is because he's not as muscular, will that give him another inch or two on his bat speed? Will that allow him to be able to – communicate to his body and be able to, you know, pick up pick up some bat speed where he's now can wait a little second or so to see when that pitch breaks. Because, you know, before he was getting killed on these off-speed pitches, you're looking at me like, what are you swinging at? It's so far out of the zone. What are you talking about? But maybe with the, especially with the arms and as muscular as they were, because listen, there was no question. If the ball met the bat, the ball was, the ball was losing that battle. It was flying out of the stadium. Maybe he gets to be more of an average guy and still give you some power and some pop. I don't think it's going to bother his strength that much. I think what will happen is because he'll be able to better see the ball, hopefully for him, in waiting until the last second, especially of breaking pitches, that you know he'll be able to make some contact because he can wait that extra split second to be able to make some contact and, and, and foul off some pitches until he gets to – until he can – get his pitch to hit in, in, in at bat. So I am much like you, I'm curious to see how he does. But once again, for him to, for him to, and listen, for your boss, quote Brian Cashman to say that I expect him to be injured because that's what he does. Uh, talk about motivation to change and show him, you know, and listen, if he has a great year, what it worked for, it worked for Brian Cashman, right? Oh, you would take it 10 times out of 10, and I'm sure Cashman's face was on a dartboard all offseason. But (laughs) the one thing that I really want to see, too, is more than probably anything, I want to see him run Mm -hmm. because he looked robotic 
out of shape and and second away from injury. I mean, he collapsed on home plate last year and then pulled up when a ball was hit to center field. He was on second base. The the, the outfield was back. He pulled up and got thrown at, at the plate. So can he run and can he be a functional baseball player? And I don't think any Yankee fan at this point in time are ex- is expecting him to be MVP Giancarlo. Mm-hmm. They just want him to be 30 homer. Can you get on the field for 120 games? And even that's wishful thinking mm-hmm. at this point because he hasn't played in 120 games in two years. And he hasn't played in the outfield for more than 35 games since he got here. So. Yeah. Hopefully this is the step in the right direction, and if it's not, everybody will be going back to these pictures and saying, hey, put put the weight back on, kind of like <laughs> C.C. Sabathia mm-hmm. in 2013 when he tried to slim down, and he actually needed the fat to pitch well, and he, yeah. he actually said that. And what's the David Wells quote from, the, from all those years back? You can't pull fat? Well, mm-hmm. maybe him slimming down, you can't really pull muscles that aren't there. Mm-hmm. So... Hopefully this is a sign of healthy Stanton, and healthy Stanton is good Stanton. Well, there's no doubt about that. And the other thing, you you make some great points, Joe. I think him being confident that he can run will allow him to be more aggressive running. Does that make sense? That for him to say, you know what, I just came back from being on on the IL for however long he was on the IL with the pulled muscles. I don't want to pull it again. I got to stay in this lineup. I've been out of the lineup too long. I want to be a part of this team. I got to stay in the lineup. And so I'm not I'm not comfortable pushing it right now. It is it is so funny in talking to uh, team doctors and physicians and you know trainers over the years and they talk about how players heal physically but not mentally meaning they don't have the confidence that they can do what they did. They know they're, they know they're healed. They know they don't suffer from the same injury, but they still aren't totally confident that they can do the things they did without re-injuring themselves again. And that's clearly where Stanton was last year. You could see it. That's why he's pulling up. That's why I got to be in the game. I, I want to be in the lineup. And so, you know, if he is able with the weight loss and confident that he can move, I think you'll see a totally different Stanton this year, and it's going to be beneficial to that Yankee lineup. There's no question about it. It'll be really, really good for them. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talk a little bit about the New York Yankees. I'm chatting with uh, two Yankee fans here in the studio. I want to talk some Yankees because I have really been forlorn as a Met fan for this offseason so far. And I'm curious to see, and I know we're going to start to see some games later this week. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and, you know, what's going on with the Mets and that third base situation. Is Beatty going to be the guy this year? Will he be able to, you know, get back to the way he was when he first came up? Where he, you know, didn't seem to have a hole in his swing or, you know, that's what is so, that is really just what's so important about Every young player, no matter what the sport is, because when you have success early, 
the league makes adjustments to you. The league makes adjustments to what you do well. And you have to then counter what they adjust to and try to maintain the same success. And it's tough when you're a young player. And, you know, his confidence, you could see his confidence started to go down. And, and how could it not? It goes down to the, they send him to the minor leagues to get some more bats. So the third base job is his if he can show that he can get it. So I'm interested about that. I'm, I'm curious about, you know, uh, speaking of the best shape of his life, we'll get back to Aaron Judge in a second. But speaking of the best shape of his life with Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, guys, that's what I heard about Starling Marte and Winnable. Oh, he's just great. He looks he looks tremendous. Look at him rounding the bases. Um, and this was a guy who, listen, when he was available, he struggled in the outfield. And with his bat, uh, they need him in this lineup because I don't know what they're going to do for DH. It depends on who you who you read, who you speak to. You know, there's some say, well, maybe JD Martinez, maybe, maybe not. I'm thinking now that Luke Voigt's got a minor league contract that he's eventually going to be the person. If he starts to hit in the minor leagues, I could see them bringing him up. I mean, if he has a good spring, I could see them bringing him up and giving him the DH job. I could. Now, listen, Luke Voigt had a lot of success with the Yankees when he first got there, and then in the final year, he didn't look as good. He struggled a little bit, didn't make the contact. I mean, at one point with the Yankees, he was in the ball out of the ballpark, seemed like every other day, ball was flying out. So, you know, they signed him. He could be the answer at the D8 spot. A, a inexperienced answer. You know, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I just, I wanted a little bit more for my team from the offseason, and I didn't get it. And so now I I'm, I'm put that behind me, and I have to wait and see what, now this is, this is the team. I got to see what they're going to have. I want Alvarez. Love to see what he brings to the table. Can he improve on what he's been able to do? Uh, much like the Yankees, I'm concerned about my starting rotation. You know, I mean, I have a member of your starting rotation on my team now, thank you, with uh, Luis Severino. And so, you know, two things with Severino, availability and missability. Is he going to be available, A, and B, is he going to be able to pitch away from contact? Because if his velocity is a tick down, it just seems like he gets lit up and lit up a lot. I mean, that was the issue was he was with the with the Yankees last year. By his own admission, he said he was awful. And he was. So I've got that scenario. So I've got a I mean, I've got this, you know, I've got my top two, I guess, uh Senga and Quintana. I mean, is, is Senga gonna which Senga am I getting? Hopefully, I'm getting the singer that ended last season the way he was, where he was really, really good. And then, because early in the season, you know, he was trying to make the adjustment. And he was only giving me five innings. And so, you know, the start of giving you five innings, your bullpen was short by losing Edwin Diaz before the season even started last year. So now you're mixing and matching. You're trying to get to that bridge. And, you know, you, you ended up, Getting your bullpen is trying to give me 15 outs a night. It's a lot of outs for a bullpen. It's a lot of outs. And you compromise the rest of the series. So I'm hoping Senga is the, is the same Senga I got that ended the season. Quintana was decent. I thought he had some really good starts. Uh, 
Manea from the Giants. I mean, I, I saw some highlights of him pitching, you know, wearing the Mets out. That's nice, but I need to see him against other competition for me to judge. And the other person that I'm really concerned about is Tyler McGill. Now, Tyler McGill is a mystery to me. Right before DeGrom got hurt, when DeGrom got hurt, McGill came in to be the starter, and he looked excellent. This is a couple of seasons ago. He was great. The last two seasons, he's not been that good. Now, I know right now he's probably your fifth starter. You're not expecting a lot from him. You're not even probably going to see him the first couple of weeks of the season because you got all these off days, all these built-in rainout days and stuff of that nature. So you're not even going to see much of him. But eventually, you're going to need him. And so I would really like I, – I, I just have concerns about my starting rotation, right? The bullpen, I mean, you know, I, I got to wait and see what I got. I got Rayleigh back, Adovino's back, Drew Smith. Eh, you, know, eh, you know, Diekman is a new addition to the team. And, of course, you know, my closest Diaz. So I, I feel pretty good about that. And listen, in, in the back of my mind, I mean, let's face it, in the back of my mind, I'm wondering what's going on with Aaron Judge. It looks like he, there's nothing going to be done until the end of the season. So in the back of my mind, and I thought I heard Dave and Rick talking about it, I think it was last week in the morning here on 98.7 ESPN. And they were talking about you know, if you're not going to sign him, you got to move him. You got to move him. You got to get something for him. You can't let him just walk out the door. That's what Dave's position was, and I agree with Dave. But Rick made a great counterpoint. If, if it's put, it's we're at the trade deadline, and we're right there, I mean, am I going to want to move him? Depending on what else I got in the lineup? Suppose I don't have, suppose I've got a similar lineup to what I had last season where my DH is, whoever it is, whether it's Vientos, whether it's Voigt, whoever it is, whether it's Marte, because we're not sure of him being in the field. Um, if I've got a weakness in the lineup, then I need him. I, I can't move on from him. I got to try to get him to this, you know, one of these wild card spots. Okay, so that's that's a that's a tough situation. I expect a better year from McNeil. I just want Lindor to keep being Lindor. Uh, I think Nimmo's going to be great. Joe and I were talking about it during one of the breaks. I think Nimmo's going to be great as a corner outfield. I think he'll be fine in left field. Bader, by far, Yankee fans, you know, Bader's the better center fielder. Bader is, Bader is an outstanding defensive center fielder, and he has a little stick with him. Uh, the problem is, once again, with him last year, it was availability. You know, how, how available is he going to be? Is he going to be around? Is he going to be, you know, What's going to happen? So those are the things that I'm looking at with, with my team. Okay, what, what's going on with this Met team? Are they, are they going to be able to give me a season that I didn't get last season, right? Are they going to be able to give me not the disappointing season of the 101 wins, where I expected them to bounce back last season, but but can they give me can they give me an exciting September? 
That's what I'm looking for from this team. Can they give me an exciting September where I'm in a playoff chase? Where I'm trying to be like Arizona last year. I'm trying to be like Texas of last year. I'm trying to be in the running to say, wow, look at this. We have a shot going into the end of the season. A lot, in my humble opinion. A lot has to go right. A lot. The bullpen's got to be clicking. Um, I got to make sure that my, my starters are good. It's a lot of work. It's a lot to do. And, you know, I, I think Carlos Mendoza is going to be, even though I would have rather had Buck come back, but I understood once Stearns was coming in, he was going to, you know, take his, bring in his own people. Uh, I think Mendoza's going to do a great job. I really do. I think he's going to be really good. The question's going to be, and nobody knows, including Carlos Mendoza. When adversity hits, how's he going to handle it? When adversity hits, and it will maybe once or twice over a 162-game season, how does he keep the team together? How does that relationship he has with the, with the players keep them that they want to continue to play for him? Even though they're struggling. It's a long losing streak. God forbid. Uh, but nevertheless, or a bunch of injuries, God forbid. And how is the team holding on? How are they playing? How are they, how are they dealing with that? And just the little stuff, right? Daily, are they prepared? Uh, you know, little things. Do they throw to the right base? Base running, all the fundamentals. Or as Keith Hernandez likes to say, the fundies. All of those things. Will they, will, I think he will be able to put that in play for them, and I think that's going to make a big difference for that team. Not saying they didn't have it last year. I know they had it with Buck. All right? But once again, it's a new manager. You want to see you know, how they respond to him and he responds to the team. Can he keep them going? That's going to be the question. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talking about the uh, Mets and the Yankees, just getting some thoughts as the preseason spring training games begin to uh, kick off. Later this week, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, we'll hear from Aaron Judge in a minute. Right now, let's hear from Brian in West Palm. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Good. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Yankees and the Knicks. All right. Uh, I've been reading, I mean, they have any timetable for Randall Robinson and OG coming back because, I mean, they, they lost games, you know, right before the all-star break and I watch every game on MSG and they just got outboarded. So they just got pounded and they need those guys back, especially Julius Randall and OG, you know what I'm saying? They're great players. The other guys are that they're starting. They were like, they're players that play five, <coughs> six minutes a game. You know, they mm-hmm. couldn't compete against some of these teams like Dallas. Well, Brian, um, you know, it's going to be another couple of weeks before Julius Randle is reevaluated. And thanks for the phone call. So we'll find out what's going on with him. So it'll be a couple of weeks before we find out about that. At the top of the show in our rundown, we talked about OG Ananobi spoke today to the media. Says that he expects to be back before the end of the season. But I don't, I don't expect him back until maybe 
middle of next month, near the end of the month, more likely. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is moving well. He's getting better. He's getting closer to being able to come back and do some things on the basketball court. So, you know, you just got to be a little more patient. And you just got to hope that uh, Preston Sachua continues to play the way that he's played so far since he's been a Nick. Uh, Bogdanovich, uh, I think he's going to give you some, some, you know, some scoring, obviously. Maybe give you some defense, some extra rebounding. Uh, Alec Burks is going to help to spell uh, Jalen Brunson, run the point for you a little bit. Uh, DiVincenzo hopefully had a chance to get healed. Uh, Hartenstein is the big one. Okay, because if Hardenstein can come back and continue to play at the way he has played, Brian, uh, since he's come on and gotten more playing time because of the injury to Mitchell Robinson, that's where you really that's where you really want to see things going. If if he can come back and play the way he's played, give you the minutes, give you the scoring, give you the passing, give you his his uh, rim protection. That's what helped this Nick team get the wins that they got. That's what helped them go on that winning streak. So we just have to wait and see. You just got to be a little more patient. As long as they are, for me, as long as those guys are back by the end of March, the third, second or third week of March, and can start to get on the court and play themselves into shape, it would help you as you move towards to get ready for the postseason. The, the positive the positive is that all three of those guys are going to have fresh legs. That's the positive. They wouldn't have been playing 40, 42, 43 minutes a night for a while. They will have to get their wind back. They have to get back in basketball shape. They'll be doing conditioning, but it's not the same as basketball shape. You don't get in basketball shape riding a bike or walking a treadmill. You get in basketball shape on the court. And so if they can do that and be ready to go as you get later in the season, going toward the postseason, that would be the best thing for the Knicks. And we'll talk more about them tomorrow night as I'm in for Dan Grasso following the Michael K show because they get back to work and they will be um, they will be in action on Thursday night down in Philadelphia. So we'll get an idea that's a, you know, it's a big game for them because all these games are big. You're still trying to be in the top three in the conference at the end of, of the of the regular season. You want to be in the group that hosts playoff games in your building. You want to be in the group that if there's a seventh and deciding game, it's in your building. That's what you want. And we've seen from the way that they performed during that winning streak that they can be that team. And they weren't really healthy then. So if they can get enough players, if they can get enough to, you know, get going and get some, you know, the next man up mentality continues to, persevere for them, then they have got a shot to be that way. Let's hear some more from Aaron Judge. Now, what was interesting was Aaron Judge was talking about lineups. So first, let's ask, let's hear what he's got to say about uh, Juan Soto and the lineup being a deep lineup. It's exciting. You know, like I said, he's a generational talent. You know, what he brings to the game in that box, you know, he's got such a great demeanor, the swagger, you know, just the focus, like every single pitch he's prepared. And, you know, some of those takes he has, I feel like he's so prepared, he almost is reading what the pitcher's going to throw and, like, he's taking it right out of the hand. Like, you're going to throw a change up here? And it's just impressive. But, you know, you go up and down the whole lineup. There's not a weak spot there. 
you can go up and down it. And even a guy like Verdugo, who's led off for Boston for quite a few years, even if you wanted to slate him, if it's not lead off, you know, six, seven, eight down there, that's a guy that's going to, you know, put the ball in play, you know, show some pop as well. It's just going to be an impressive lineup. And I think we're just really going to feed off each other pretty well. Now, would you rather hit second or third, Aaron? Man, when you got a guy like Soto, I'd love to hit behind him. You know, if he hits two, you know, or even if, you know, I'm hitting second, he's hitting third, and he's driving me in. You know, I'll take either of those outcomes because that means we're scoring runs. So, you know, however Booney's going to come up with, with the lineup, you know, I know he puts a lot of thought into that. You know, he asks a lot of us, too, as players, like how we feel about certain things. I know he, he knows that matters to us. So I'll be happy anywhere Soto hits. As long as he's in the lineup every day, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, there's no question about that. And listen, as we mentioned earlier, you know, he kind of wants to hit third. He kind of wants to be that guy when there's runners on base, but he does need protection. So I think if I'm Aaron Boone, I'm kind of waiting. Let me see if I can get a hot Stanton. And this way I've got, I have my choice of Soto and Judge and Stanton. I kind of I guess I kind of want to put, I would kind of want to have, and Harvey and Joe, I'm curious what you guys got to think about this. I think because I want the righty, lefty, righty thing, I think I would continue to put Judge second, put Soto third, and then Stanton fourth because I got the righty, lefty, righty thing. What do you think, Joe? It depends on who's hot. I mean, I want Judge. Come on, wait a minute now. We're talking analytics. There's, There's no such thing as hot. I want Judge batting third because, okay. one, it gives Soto the basically the judge role where he's the best hitter, quote-unquote, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Gives him the ability to have, what is it, 40 more at-bats per, per year or whatever the number actually turns out to be. Mm-hmm. I also want Judge... I mean, if you go one-two in the Yankee order and DJ and... Soto get out, you still have Judge basically in the same role he's been playing mm-hmm. for the past two years. So I want him. I I get it. Righty, lefty, righty, lefty. I, I would love to do that. But having DJ as a table setter and then Soto and then Judge and hey, if you want to put Rizzo four and Stanton five, mm. you could do that depending on who is, I'm going to use the word again, who's more hot mm-hmm. at a certain time, but opening day lineup, I, I want Judge hitting third and, and Stanton four. How about you, Harvey? Where do you want him? Oh, I'm sorry. These can't happen, Larry and Joe. The analytics said that he ran too many bases the other day. <laughs> He's got to take the day off. No, I would keep it uh, ready, lefty, ready, lefty. I would even matter so much about hot streaks, just so much about the pitching matchup, honestly. It's either that for me or just keep the lineup the same. I think it was Paul O'Neill yesterday who said on the K-Show that he did, that he always wants uh, to just stay in the same spot in the lineup because he knows what he's looking forward to on, on game day. So I wouldn't just I wouldn't tinker with it so much. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Both of you have different opinions on that. That's fascinating. Uh, I, I think it's – I think – and that's what makes it so fun for Aaron Boone, right? He gets to make that choice. He gets to make the decision every day. And while we may not think of it, uh, I think for Aaron Boone, hot enters into it. Even though there's no hot in analytics, I still think that you're right, Joe, hot enters into it for a, a manager. Because he, you know, if you're, even though you may move him late 
I mean, how many times have, we, have, have Yankee fans been screaming, like, move him down, move him down, move him down. They move him down for what? Like, who's going to – who are you protecting if you move him down? So uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see how, the, how they put that lineup together. But I'll tell you this, it's a fun situation to have, especially if you get Rizzo back, hitting the way he can. That would be – Yankee fans would be ecstatic. They'd be running up and down the aisles at Yankee Stadium. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night following the Michael K. Show. And for Dan Grasser, Harvey, Joe, thank you very much. Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. You're unbelievable.